It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 253 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center in Skymint Cannabis. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center just hit over a thousand members now, and their brand new challenge. They have a challenge February 15th to April 19th, an eight-week health challenge. You know, here at basketball season, it's a slam dunk for sure. It, it includes weekly weigh-ins on nice. Wednesdays, weekly participation challenges. It's a private Facebook group. And guys, you're always on me about it. This is my perfect opportunity to really put the crunch on and get back to where I was at the end of the contest that I was in last year. Does that sound like sound like motivation, Jared? Yeah, I mean, it. it this is good and, and bad because I guess we know what makes you tick. I mean, as soon as there is money on the line, you really kick it into gear. So I think all we need to do is maybe I just need to make like a $100 bet with you. And next thing you'll know, you'll look like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, at the end of this challenge. <laughs> That's what that that's what we just need. We need one of our our awesome partners. We have plenty of awesome partners. Instead of just like you know giving us some money, gift cards, you know whatever, give us some uh, fitness motivation, Absolutely. some fitness incentives. And uh, if well, we hit if we hit our like weight, you know they'll give us a little more. Or, you know, not like bad. That. Well, I'm going to definitely participate in that one for <laughs> Memorial. Also, uh, want to tell you about Skymint Cannabis. Skymint Cannabis. Man, farm to stash grown right here in Michigan. A beautiful new grow processing facility in the former Summit building in Diamonddale. Did you ever play basketball there? Either one of you guys at the Summit? I do, is it? A, I thought it was a, why am I thinking it was a hockey arena? I, I think it was a combination. I think they had hockey there. I think they had basketball hoops as well. But, that must uh, be quite a setup. That place is, I've never, I don't think I've ever been inside of it, but it's huge. I mean, it's like an aim yeah. high size building. Yeah. Aim high. That, that's where we played, man. I remember when aim high opened. That was well, there, there are grow facilities there in that summit building in Diamonddale. And, you know, Skyman has over 15 locations in the state. 
you know, check out the new SkyMint Reserve. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Check out all the details of, of all the neat stuff they have, all the specials. SkyMint Cannabis, one of our great partners. Also, our local partners include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, <coughs> excuse me, guys, Rivals Tap House and Grill and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. I am suffering through my annual bad cold. So I'm on my second day of it and just getting through this podcast will be a challenge. But uh, I want to say we're going to have a fun one. We're going to check in with former Penn State football player, two-time Emmy winner, uh, Reggie Walker. And Reggie's always, well, let's just put it this way. He's never at a loss for words. So we'll (laughs) definitely be chatting with Reggie. But as we like to do, let's do a little quick catch up. I think maybe you have something to start us off with, Jared, do you? Yeah, so I don't think I'm a very imposing or scary guy, but uh, <laughs> I felt, you know, a little scary uh, a couple of days ago. So as I was coming home from work, you know, it was like probably 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. We have like a trash room in our, in our building. And, you know, I was just, I was walking, I put my hood up. Uh, I didn't really think anything of it, just had my hood up uh, for comfiness or whatever. So I was, you know, walking down the hall, dropped off my trash. I was walking back to my room, just kind of sitting on my phone, like with my head down, my hood up. And as I was walking past the door where you would enter to get onto our floor, uh, this, you know, middle-aged 30-year-old or so lady was walking up the stairs with groceries in her hands. As I was walking by this door, she opened it and promptly screamed like she had just saw Michael Myers and her groceries all went flying. And immediately I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you as I'm like kind of helping her pick up her groceries. The whole time it was very you know, awkward. I, I felt like she was still like very on edge. Um, like I was like trying to injure her or something. And so after I get all of her stuff picked up, you know, she was kind of like laughing a little bit about it, sort of laughing it off. So we finally get her stuff picked up and it, the awkward thing happens where, oh, now we got to walk down this hallway together. Right. So we kind of both take a couple steps and then I'm like, all right, I'm not going to walk next to you down this hall. This is too creepy. So yeah. I stop. <laughs> let her go maybe 10 feet in front of me. Then I start walking. And when, you know, her, her room is one door before mine. So then oh, now she's unlocking her door and I'm like kind of standing. Like, I think it's worse if I'm walking past her as she's like opening up her door, like I'm going to barge in. Right. So then I'm kind of just sitting behind her like five feet as she, she goes into her room. She kind of like looks at me once, looks at me again. Like I'm like, I'm literally just standing like five feet away. I'm like, <laughs> just kind of like laughing. I don't really know what to say. So she finally gets into her apartment safe and sound. Uh, and I kind of just walked back to my room, but it really rattled me uh, for, you know, a few minutes after that, she literally thought I was there to murder her. And, and it's, it, I wouldn't say my apartment is the safest place. It, you, I can see why she was maybe a little bit on edge, uh, but it just, it was kind of a funny, awkward, you know, situation. And, and I guess that's what the most depressing thing is. That's the most interesting part of my past week. <laughs> You know, it's kind of crazy. Like, it's obviously your story is funny. We we know you're a good guy. You weren't trying to scare her or anything right. like that. But you got to be aware nowadays. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of a shame. I don't know. Like, bad things used to happen all the time. Ted, you remember, like, you know, 50, oh, yeah. 60, 70 years ago, bad things would happen back it's then, too. It's not like do. this is a new thing. I think we just see it more now because everything's recorded. Everything's right. posted on Twitter. Everything's on the news, you know, whatever a Chinese spy balloon gets shot down and there's cell phone video all over the place of this thing. So, you know, I think it's just more like in our face, but that's like stuff I've told like my, my wife or like friends or whatever, like you just got to be aware of things. Like who knows 
That could have been a creepy person trying right. to follow her back to her apartment and see how she got in or yeah. something like that. So it's like, you know, I, I've just, you know, had conversations with my wife, like when you're grocery shopping or something, if you have any sort of feeling that's uneasy or weird, go with your gut Absolutely. and, you know, go get a worker or go yeah. find someone and be like, can you walk me to my car? Right. Or, you know, something like that. Like you can't be too safe, even though you were nice, helped her pick no, up but- her groceries, apologized. It's like, I would, if I was her, I would have been like, what are you doing? And then, well, you know, you probably would have said like, oh, I live right next to you. But, you know, it's well, like you, you can't be too safe anymore. I was trying not to be creepy. And I think by trying not to be creepy, it was the creepiest thing. Of all, <laughs> I think is, is what was the weirdest part about it is right. I, was, I, I don't maybe I should have just kept walking. And well, like power here's faster, here's but, my question for you, Jared. I mean, I've seen enough datelines in 48 hours and whatnot. Um, was your trash area? Was that in the building or outside the building? It's in the building. So, so it's in the building. And what I was leading up to, you know, these datelines, you have a hoodie over your head and you're in the hallway. I mean, it's a little, it, that, that would set you back a little bit. It does have a creepy look to it when you see these videos of people right. on dateline because they're trying to hide their heads, you know, their face. Yeah. I, yeah. So I guess the lesson learned is just, just take the hood down as I take the trash out, you know, on my, on my twice a week run to that. Yeah. Or, well, I, well, I was that, thinking when, when you were telling your story, I feel like I would have, when, when it was clearly like, all right, this is getting awkward. Mm-hmm. As you guys are starting to walk down the hallway, I feel like maybe it's me or my person, I, you know, whatever. I feel like I would have said like, I'm not following you. My, I live right there. Like I would have tried right. to be like, try and ease the tension yeah. and be like, you know, or this is just a weird coincidence, but I do live right down the hall. <laughs> That's you <what>. know? <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, I, it was, it's a stupid story. There's really, it's really a nothing story, but it was, it was uncomfortable for me. So I can't imagine how she was feeling. <laughs> I, w- I would like to hear her story. Yeah. This creepy yeah. kid knocked my groceries over, then followed me back to my apartment. Yeah. Man, that is a good one. I don't have much to add guys, other than the fact that, uh, you know, after we talked last week, I did check out episode three of last of us. Yep. You know, we're not going to have a entertainment segment here, but I will tell you, I, I was cleaning up some vinyl albums of mine and I came across Linda Ronstadt's greatest hits. I popped on that album. I played long, long time, about 10 times in a row. I forgot how good that song was, but uh, last of us. And that was a key thing in episode three. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's one of those great songs. And I kind of got flashback to it because of that show. And, and episode three was fantastic. And Matt, yep. you kind of, you didn't give it away. I, when I re-listened to our, our podcast, you know, you said there are some people that didn't like certain aspects about it. And, and frankly, you know, those are people that are just uncomfortable with homosexual stuff. Right. I mean, it wasn't that bad and, you know, and, it was, I mean, it was, it part was of a the game, great love but... story. It was a great story. Yep, it was part of the game. The game didn't go into it, you know, obviously as right. much as the, that show did, but mm-hmm. it was part of the game. And it's it's one of those things, like, if you can just appreciate the love story of it and, yeah. and the writing and the acting, those are, I mean, we talked about it last week, two fantastic actors and just, like, a great part of the whole story, you know, how yeah. uh, Joel and Tess, you know, there was a connection there. Right. And everything. I mean, I ended up watching it twice because I was I like, I, I want to rewatch this and see if I missed anything or whatever. But just overall, fantastic. Like I can't, uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, where do you guys stand on on Doomsday prepping? Ted, I'll be honest. You kind of seem like a ripe, like, prepper. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I it was something that 
I've always kind of was into. I remember, you know, I think I've told this story on the pod before. It's kind of hilarious. My dad was like getting into doomsday prepping. And I'm like, well, I mean, don't you think it's kind of pointless to get into doomsday prepping if you don't own a gun? I mean, if you don't have a gun, somebody's going to come with a gun and take everything you have. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. And that kind of stopped the prepping. Where are you yeah. guys at with prepping? I'm I mean, not, it's probably not a bad idea to be prepared for some stuff. You know, there's probably some people who go a little extreme and then some who do nothing. But I don't know. I guess I'm right now more on the edge of doing nothing because it's not like we have a bunker or anything right. like that. But it's probably I, good to be prepared. You know, I do have a storage room in the, in my basement that basically is it's built like a, a panic room, right? It's got a steel door. It uh, It's underneath my front porch, which is concrete. Uh it, it could be set up as, uh, you know, store cans and water in there. I did get a, there was a time a few years ago, I did purchase a gun when I just thought, you know, I should have a gun just for self-protection, you know, on the house. And if anybody broke in, you know, would I ever use it? Yeah, probably, but I haven't, you know, thank goodness. Right. But uh, as far as the whole doomsday prep stuff, no, I guess I would say I'm not into it. I haven't, I haven't done anything. So the shows are fun though. I love watching the shows. The show's great for sure. (laughs) Um, I will tell you though, you know, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit here in this part of the program, a prep spotlight brought to you by capital sports field house. Gotta tell you, there's been some good games in this last week, whether it be on the basketball courts, wrestling mats, or the pool. I'll start right off in the pool. Chesanine beat Ovid Elsie 122, 121 in co-head swimming. The wow. Indians won the final event, the 400-yard freestyle relay for that one-point win. Have you guys ever attended a, a, a swim meet, a tight swim meet? It's I don't exciting. remember. Yeah, it is. <coughs> I don't. I don't remember like if it was a barn burner, but um, one of my sisters swam, and I, you know, I had some friends that swam, you know, at Corona or whatever. So I, I have gone to a few meets, and they are they're electric. If you've yeah. got some some good swimmers and stuff, everyone's cheering. Yeah. You know, at least at, at the Corona pool building, I'm sure other ones are, it's, it's hot as hell. And it just, you're just, you're breathing in that chlorine and everyone's mm-hmm. just screaming their heads off. It's water splashing everywhere. It's a, it's fun. It is a cool event. Yeah, no, I never have. I mean, the pool building at Corona, at least, and, and at other schools, I've always thought they're really cool. I mean, the bleachers, yeah. old wood bleachers, you know, sitting above Up the top. pool watching. I've always thought it's, it'd be a cool place to, to see a sporting event, but no, I, I never have. Yeah, it's exciting, especially when it's a close meet, for sure. Also, uh, in girls' basketball, Aubrey Rogers had 31 and 10 boards in Morris's win over Bendel, keeping it on the girls. Over at Elsie Girls knocked off previously unbeaten Mackinac City at Alma College. Evelyn Cole led the way with 19 in that one. We've talked about you know New Lothrop many times, uh, how good they are in so many sports. The wrestlers won the Mid-Michigan Athletic Conference Championship. All 12 grapplers hit the podium i mean how impressive is that you know three first place finishes man they're just dominant in wrestling you know you know what kind of football program they have just a just a great school when it comes to sports also fellas chesanine stayed in a three-way tie with duran and ovid elsie by downing new lothar friday night mason struck 20 for chs ty coleman put up 30 for the hornets and passed the 1000 point mark langsburg stays unbeaten 14 and 0 by downing fowler I mean, it's been incredible here in mid-Michigan. You've talked about it before, Jared, about the numbers, the teams. I mean, we're having every week a couple of kids scoring over 30 points, which is it's just awesome to see. Xander Woodruff had 32 for the pack in that one. Um, Markel Tate had 31 in Duran's win over Mount Morris. And finally, Corona, they're now in a tie 
with Goodrich in the Flint Metro after their two-point win over Lake Fenton. Peyton Termier had a couple clutch free throws at the end for the difference there. The Cavs host Goodrich on Tuesday night, first place on the line in the Cavalier gym. That ought to be a good one. I think I'm going to I'm gonna go check that one out. It's not on our schedule to broadcast, but that I might be I'll a go good one. Yeah, one. Go, go as a spectator. And, Heck you yeah. Know, as long as you're feeling good past this cold or whatever. Hopefully. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, great players, individual players, but there's some really good teams. I'm very curious to see how the postseason goes for some of these, um, you know, these teams in the area. Kind of yeah. like with football. Right. We had some really good area football teams that we were excited to see what they did in the playoffs. So same with basketball. You know, one one thing I did have the chance to to watch, and this this will tie back to Corona, um, is I actually had the opportunity to go see a, a Cast Tech basketball game this year. And a lot of people, I mean, D Zone has them as the number one team in the state. Uh, I think Goose Poop does as well. I mean, I think they're seventeen and zero at this point. And and what I thought is really fun about watching them, they call themselves Press Tech. Um, and for those who don't know, they actually learned their press that they run a lot better than Corona does from Corona. Way back when I was when it was Coach Buscemi's very first year at Corona, really, and I was a senior. They came. Their head coach, Coach Steve Hall, a great coach, has coached at a few different PSL teams. Won everywhere he's went. Now he's you know got the ultimate program at Cast Tech. They he would come to all of our you know practices and you know scrimmages during the summer and learned it. And then actually Cast Tech came to a couple of our practices my uh, senior year, their very first year running it. Uh, and what was funny was we ran this thing this whole summer, and Cast Tech had just like started learning it. And as soon as they came in the gym, we were like playing each other, running the same thing. They're immediately better than us. So I kind of thought that was sort of funny that we taught them and they immediately were better. Uh, but they're 17 and 0 this year. They call themselves Press Tech, as I said. And they're all, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, they don't really have any, uh, you know, big, tall guys. They all can run. They're deep. I mean, I think they're like ninth guy is the star football player I told you guys about in the fall, Corey Sadler, junior freshman. Yeah. I mean, SEC football player already has these offers. That's our ninth guy off the bench in a pressing defense. I mean, wow. you can imagine how impressive that press is. But what I loved, and Ted, what you'd especially would love, Castex gym. It is awesome. I love Castex school. I mean, it's kind of half old, like 1960s, right. and then it's half new with all the glass all around it. And they have this old school gym right in the middle of this kind of newly restructured school. And it's got, you know, the four the bleachers on all four sides, wooden I bleachers. They have the track around the top. And then they have, you know, a glass, like, overlook uh, with tables and, like, a lobby area that you can watch the game. I mean, it is awesome. That's the first kind of Detroit uh, high school basketball game I've seen. Uh, and it was just quite an atmosphere. It was awesome. Is the gym – do you know, Jared? I mean, you, you, you went there. Is the gym um... – I don't know the right. Is it new or is is the gym no, like it, the original gym from you know back when they built the school? There, yeah, there's photos. The court, I think it's the same exact court that they've oh, had really? since like the 19. Yeah, that's what I. It's like it's like they kept this gym that was built in like the 1950s, and then they just built a brand new school all around it. And put this wow. gym in the center of it. I mean, when the gym's in the middle of the school, it's awesome, yeah, man. I mean, you cool. can walk through all these hallways to get to it. It's it's really cool, Ted. If somehow some way you can expand your coverage area, I mean, yeah. that's one to check out for sure. I'd love to. And it's right. It's basically in the heart of Detroit, right? I mean, it's coolest location of a school in the entire state. That's awesome. I, I will tell you this. I love that kind of field house is what I call it. I wish Corona's gym, they would have done that when they, when they built it, where you have the upper level with the track and then yeah. have stands all four sides of it. I mean, Williamson has a great one. There's a couple other Fowlerville. I call Fowlerville the Coliseum. I mean, it it's one sweet. of the coolest gyms I've ever been in. Yeah. It is. It is cool. The, the the bleachers all around for a high school environment is fun. Speaking of that, I, I know it's probably been a while, but Corona's home 
uh, audience, I guess now sits on the other side of the gym than like back when I played. Yeah, they switched so, like, it up. Yeah, when, whenever I see that, you know, clips on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it, it still kind of weirds me out. I'm just used to the home the home crowd being on the, the far side of the gym. But yeah. Yeah, I never did find out what the philosophy was when that change was made. So again, I failed in my homework, fellas. But uh, I believe it was the it was the concession stand. They built the brand new concession ah, stand that was on oh, okay. that's on the other side of the gym. So that's why they changed it. That's right, because I do remember when Jared was a young fella, carried a little bit more weight at that time. I remember, you know, when when it, they said uh, two for one hot dogs, he went running over you there. You say that, and I don't think that, I feel like that's just like a figment of your imagination. I don't remember that. And how about you? I broadcasted as, it right on the air. I said, "There goes my nephew." <laughs> I mean, that's pretty evil, man. I mean, you're a 60 year old man commenting on what a 10 year old kid is doing at that time. I mean, hey, what w- not not my cup of tea as a broadcaster. Sorry, well, nobody said I had to be. That's, it w- but it was fun. Yeah. All right. Hey, by the way, you guys had talked about it one time. We'll wrap this up, uh, you know, about maybe an all-castle or all-three-point podcast team in our area as far as high school basketball players. I just jotted down a few players, you know, from the games that I broadcast this year that would definitely be all-three-point pod. That'd be Xander Woodruff of Langsburg, Ty Coleman of New Lothrop, who, you know, hit the 1,000 mark and has been over 30 points multiple times. Mason Struck for Chessonine. Uh, Corona's Brevin Ballore, man, three-point specialist, just fills it up. Clay Wittenberg of Ovid Elsie and, you know, Wyatt Bauer also having a nice season. You talk, Jared, about, you know, Cast Tech. Corona, uh, you know, unfortunately they have a Hamity in the district, but uh, they have a good team, good chance to win a conference championship, and they play that pressing style, and they go 9-10 deep on the bench, which uh, which is conducive to being effective when you're going to a full-court press. Yeah, I would say they kind of the similar style cast. Like they don't really have a true center. They have, you know, the two Bauer twins, which I think one is uh, Tarek is actually injured right now, yeah. fortunately. Um, but yeah, they kind of the same sort of style as Castec, which is perfect for a pressing team where, you know, a couple athletic, uh, you know, bigger guys like the Bauer brothers and, you know, yep. they can press anyone. Absolutely. Also, a couple others, Gabe Lina Duran and Carson Peters of St. John. So by the end of the season, got to narrow it down to five first teamers, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll have. Um, well, this has been the uh, Prep Spotlight brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse, and we'll be checking in with uh, Reggie Walker right after these messages. Capital Sports Fieldhouse is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000-square-foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel, and the -the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, let's get this going. Um, we're excited to bring back one of our favorite guests, Reggie Walker, 
He's been on a number of times to talk about a bunch of different topics, but give him a follow on Twitter at rwalk13. You won't be disappointed with that. He's all over the sports world. So with that, Reggie, thanks for joining us, but maybe give our listeners, you know, it's been a minute since you've been on, give us an update um, on what you've been doing. It's college basketball season. You know, you obviously were busy during football too. Yeah. uh, What a, what a, I guess, calendar year, academic year, how you want to say it. Um, I did check this out. Um, 15 high school games and 14 college games uh, during the fall um, at all levels uh, of college football, everything from Charlotte to, to Gardner Webb at the FCS level. So that was a lot of fun FPS playoffs and then some high school basketball doing that as well uh, this winter, along with college basketball, big South games, Atlantic sun games. Uh, if they call me in a, and I have time, I will talk about some ball and it, it's been fun. It's been uh, interesting. I think the coolest part about it is, and this is where I've always uh, shout out to my guy, Tom Luganville. This is where I've always given him a lot of Oops. credit. Because Lugs is one of those guys, he sees these kids in high school because of the ESPN 300 and all the recruiting stuff he does. And then all of a sudden he sees them in college. So he's seen that development yeah. from day to day. And it's been interesting because there have been some guys that I sort of at least coached against back in you know 2017, 2018 that I saw come through college over the last couple of years to see them develop. And then now seeing some kids that are in high school and kind of projecting them to high school has been a lot of fun or projecting yeah. them to college, I should say, right. has been a lot of fun. So just watching this and, and being a part of so many levels of the sport, uh, basketball and football really have been really, really enjoyable to me, but also uh, educational for me. So it's been a busy year, but uh, couldn't be happier. And guys, I remember being on the show. I always love jumping on with you guys. It's always fun. And Matt and I had an interaction a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about, uh, McCall Bridges and what he's become in the NBA and, and Jalen Brunson also. And I remember yeah. us talking about that team when they were in a quest to try to win a national championship at Villanova and everybody was trying to sort of figure out and project those guys in the NBA. It's yeah. amazing. The two guys that were sort of older and maybe viewed as a little less athletic are right. the guys that are still sticking around the NBA and making a lot of plays. So that's where sports can be so much fun. Cause sometimes you For never sure. know. Yep. Well, speaking of sports, uh, Jared, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, Super Bowl is next Sunday. We're recording on Sunday morning and we're a week out from Chiefs versus Eagles. Got to get your thoughts there. I mean, we don't have to get too deep into breaking down X's and O's and stuff like that. But I guess what are your thoughts? Is Mahomes going to get number two? Jalen Hurts going to get his? You know, he's just a winner everywhere he goes. What are you thinking about Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because the more I look at this matchup and, and you think about the narratives of both teams, and I think that's kind of the cool part, right, is like Mahomes is considered like the great quarterback that it doesn't matter really the pieces in a lot of ways. You look at who his receivers are, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and and those guys. Like they're, cons- they're none of those guys for a lot of people are considered that superstar wide receiver. I think they're really good players, and if you're really, really good, Uh, surrounded by other really, really good, you can win. But those guys are not considered necessarily that. They're sort of being, in a lot of people's minds, uplifted by the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. And I'll say two things to that narrative. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is a problem out of the backfield, and so don't slight that at all. And then obviously we saw it last week, and and I think – or yeah, last week, and I think – 
what we can't forget is it's still a line of scrimmage league. And I, listen, yeah. I've always thought Chris Jones was pretty good. Frank Clark, Frank Clark, good as well. What we saw from Chris Jones in the AFC champ, that guy was un. But that's not the guy I remember. I remember right. a good football player. I didn't see that coming. And if he can wreck the Super Bowl like that, then I think the light turns on real bright for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy in this offense to yeah. make some plays because they'll have extra possessions. They'll have extra opportunities because he's creating havoc. If he doesn't, right, the narrative of the Eagles, and this is the funny part is, well, you don't need a great quarterback. Just put all these great, perfect weapons around him. You talk about guys like Miles Sanders in the backfield. We are Penn State. Uh, you talk about A.J. <laughs> Brown on one side, Devontae Smith on the other side, Dallas Goddard, all these playmakers. Probably two Hall of Famers on that offensive line, and you go – well, man, that's kind of a different deal. Like they're doing it by protecting the quarterback and letting the playmakers do all the work, yeah. letting the outside guys be the key. So the narratives are very different, but I think it's a line of scrimmage league and it comes down to whether or not Chris Jones and Frank Clark can create more havoc than, and and bear with me, I'm about to say like 10 names, than Linval Joseph, uh, Hassan Reddick, Ndamukin Sue. Uh, Javon Hargrove. I mean, I could go down the list. They've got nine guys that they rotate at that defensive line. If they create a bunch of havoc and and keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and be able to get after him with really four, even though Reddick is considered a linebacker, he comes off the edge all the time. But if they can get after Mahomes consistently with four, I think it looks completely different. So I'll say, guys, it's a line of scrimmage league. Who can get after the quarterback? And the number I'm going to give you is four. Whoever can get four sacks or more, I think that's the football team that wins the game. That's the prop bet right there. There you go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, personally, I think it's I think it's Mahomes to lose. I mean, he's been there before. I mean, five straight trips to the AFC Championship game. I mean, it's just incredible. Best I've seen since Tom Brady, obviously. Uh, but I have a question. This is the most important thing when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday for me. It's the food spread. Uh, oh, we I mean, know Reggie wants to talk food. about food. We're all big-time food guys here. I mean, what does your ideal Super Bowl Sunday food spread look like? I mean, it's got to include wings, first and foremost. <laughs> like, I don't care what else happens. You better have wings. I've got a buddy who who throws a Super Bowl party every year uh, that, that we go to. It's a crew of us. We kind of all get together, and his house setup is great because we can sit outside. Uh, he's got a, a screened-in porch where we can sit out there and have our cigars, and there's a TV out there, too. So life is really, really good at his house. Um, but the spread is endless. Um, it starts with wings, but it also includes ribs. Um, and then it goes from there into everything you can imagine from uh, sausage to collard greens to baked beans. I mean, we have everything there. Um, but I tell anybody, if you don't have wings or you don't have some kind of a good dip, whether it's a seven layer dip, whether it's a, a, a queso dip, whether it's a yeah. rotel dip. Like, if you don't have, like, five dips, I'm leaving your party <laughs> before it starts. Like, if I walk in, and look, if you need me to bring some wings or hook up some dip, I got you. I can cook that. Don't get it But if I walk in and you don't have wings or multiple dips, I'm leaving your party before the game starts. See, this is lame. I, I've always been a, a big pizza guy. If you don't got pizza, I, I think the whole the whole party is off. Uh, there's one thing I got to ask you that's not you know NFL related or, or college basketball related. Let's go back to the college football season. Uh, my favorite bet of the entire year was Utah in the Rose Bowl versus Penn State. We, as uh, our listeners know, I mean, you're f- former Penn State football player alumni. 
explain to me why you think that this Penn State season was a success because I what I thought going into that game was this is the worst team I've ever seen in a Rose Bowl. You guys got a little bit lucky with a couple of key injuries with Dalton Kincaid going out and their starting quarterback. Uh, explain to me why that was a good win and why that was a good year last year. Well, I think it was a good win mainly because of, right, the perception that this football team and this program was struggling. And you needed an opportunity against a team that many thought was pretty good uh, to get a win. I think the other piece of it, to me, more than anything, I thought this was a Penn State football team that at times wasn't physical. They weren't willing or able to show that they would get in the trenches and fight people and take the punches and throw them back. Right. We saw this team get absolutely destroyed by the Wolverines at the line of scrimmage. They gave up 400 yards rushing. That screams soft. Right. That that Man. does not scream toughness. Well, if you know the history and I know you do, I'm talking to the viewers. Anybody that knows the history of Utah football with Kyle Whittingham as the head coach, they know that the number one word is physical. And Penn State needed to show that they could deal with playing against a physical football team. I'm not suggesting Utah is Michigan. I'm not suggesting Utah is Ohio State. But what I am suggesting is Penn State needed to show that they could handle physicality in a big spot, in a big game, and they were able to do that. I think the other piece of it was the narrative around Sean Clifford and a lot of guys that you know were not going to play in the game. Joey Porter Jr., one of them, one of those guys that's getting ready for was getting ready for the NFL, and I don't blame him for doing that. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah. So when you look at the team and when you look at and trust me, Sean Clifford wanted to play well because he wanted to try to prove to the fan base that James Franklin wasn't wrong in sticking with him instead of going with the young quarterbacks. And so I think the message and the reason why that game was considered a success was they got over the hump against a physical Utah football team, which a lot of people, in my opinion, and guys in my circle, uh, some of us that even played there didn't right. feel like we had shown that we could deal with a physical football team throughout the season. And we finally showed that in that game. So I think that's why that game was a success. When you look at the season, I think it became a success, honestly, when Ohio State backed into the playoff. Because you start looking at Penn State's record and you go, man, the only two teams they lost to now, granted, again, I'm going to say it again, 400 yards rushing against Michigan. Yeah. You can't allow that to happen. Yeah. But you back in, you see Ohio State back into the playoffs and you look up and you go, those are the only two teams that we lost to. So from that standpoint, you have to look at it in, in some way, vein as a success. And I know we've gotten to the point to where everybody looks around and says, if you don't make the playoffs, it's a bad season. Well, right. here's the thing I remind any and everybody. If you're upset about winning 11 games, I, what are you asking your, your programs to do? Because right. I think, and you guys, we've had this conversation, right? The narrative about what we've seen from Nick Saban and how everybody thinks that their team or school should be able to do that, it's just false, man. Like, you guys know, you're Michigan guy. You have every resource possible. But at the same point in time, every now and then, and I mean this a thousand percent respectfully, it might be the best player in the state of Michigan. He may just decide, I just want to leave the state and go play somewhere else. And right. that's the hardest part of recruiting. That's the hardest part of building teams. Sometimes the best player that you think you're going to get, that's a homegrown kid, sometimes they just don't want to come. And then the other thing, and I think you guys know this better than anybody, 
Can you imagine if Jim Harbaugh would have left three years ago and right. somebody else came in and tried to do it a different way, i.e. Rich Rodriguez, just using that right. as an example, mm -hmm. and how long it takes to get back to that point. So for me, if you're winning 10 games a year, all I'm saying is if you're going to fire the coach, damn it, you better be a thousand percent right in the next hire. Because right. if not, it can go south real quick. Guys, I, I grew up, I'm originally from Memphis. And I remember I argued with my dad when they were talking about firing Tubby Smith because the recruits he was getting was not, you know, on the on the level of, oh, they're not top 50 recruits, this, that, and the third. Well, here's what I'll say. Penny Hardaway's taking over. Do you see consistency in getting to the NCAA tournament? Because I don't. But right, Tubby right. Smith, historically, that's all he ever did was find a way to get to NCAA tournaments. So I asked people in that fan base, I've asked this of my dad, when they fired Tubby Smith, did they get it a thousand percent right? Yeah. And if 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 Jim Harbaugh would have left, who's the head coach at Michigan now? Like, I, I was laughing, and I love you guys, you know that. But I got I know some other Michigan fans, and they were like, "Good riddance, Jim Harbaugh, leave." I hope you go to the NFL. Yeah. And I'm going, "Hey, man, you remember a couple years ago when you wanted him to leave, and then you were real happy, and you wanted to give him an extension because you made the playoffs? You got to pick one. It's right. a tough." place to live mm. when you don't know if you can just win eight or nine games so to me if you're winning 10 11 games a year is it a success yes is it what you want no you can always hope and want for a national championship but right. you guys know our division rival you guys truly hate them right the mm -hmm. Buckeyes Ryan Day is 45 and 6 as a head coach yeah. and there are people in Columbus that want him gone because he's Lost the last two games against Michigan. Look, man, I'm not saying you shouldn't beat your rival, but there can be bigger problems than being 0 for the last two against Michigan. Right. Yeah, you got that right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we're all three big Harbaugh fans. Uh, I, I First of all, Jared's question about Penn State, I think that comes mainly from he had Utah as the big lock, and uh, yes. you know, he lost his life savings. So we'll get that on the table right now. <laughs> well, I, I didn't do my and, due And the deal. injuries were a factor. I'm not going to sit here and say – I think the injuries that Utah dealt with in that game, namely the quarterback, I think that's why mm -hmm. Penn State was able to pull away. I think that game would have probably gone down to the last two or three possessions if those guys were still healthy and were able to finish the game. But I, I do think – the, I'm not going to sit here and act like the injury to specifically their quarterback was not a factor in that game. The sure. way that we look at the quarterback position in football, an injury to a quarterback is always going to be a factor, even if sometimes I think in the way that we value the quarterback, we overvalue the quarterback. Yeah, well, look at San Francisco and what happened in their playoff game. You know, I mean, just that simple. But I have a question. You know, if you're down in Carolina. We've talked about Harbaugh a little bit here. What are some of your thoughts about Jim Harbaugh in general? Almost became Look, I, the Panthers coach, allegedly, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, when you look at the cycle, and I, and look, I, I don't mean any disrespect to Frank Reich, but I, I wanted to see Steve Wilkes get the job. I thought he had earned yeah. the right to get an opportunity. But when you looked at the candidates that were out there, and I'm going to put them in a somewhat of an order at the top, uh, I would say of the quarter, the, the coaching candidates that were out there, Obviously, Sean Payton is a coach that has won a Super Bowl. You got to put him at the top of the list. After that, Jim Harbaugh got to a Super Bowl as a Super Bowl as a head coach. I feel like you got to kind of slot him in there at number two. And then after that, Frank Reich won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. 
he was near the top of that list as well. So when you look at what candidates were out there, outside of Sean Payton, you would be hard-pressed to bring me a resume that would have been stronger than Jim Harbaugh's to be a head coach in the National Football League based on what he's already accomplished, not at college, already in this league. I believe right. it's something like 44, 30, somewhere in the 30s and one with a Super Bowl appearance. And he did it. He was one of the first guys, right, to take a team to the Super Bowl with a quarterback that did it a different way with Colin Kaepernick. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Michigan coaches, uh, maybe play devil's advocate here or just kind of break a tie uh, or join my side. <laughs> I said, you know, a pot or two ago, I- I'm out on Jawan Howard. Uh, this year, the the Greg Gard incident, uh, yeah, they've had some success in the tournament under him, but I feel like the recruiting hasn't really been there. Where do you stand on Jawan Howard? Do you think that he he's going to kind of right the ship with Michigan? Do you think he's a good coach? Or are you starting to see maybe the, the beginning of the end here with his tenure as Michigan's head coach? I think I may be seeing the beginning of the end, and I think the main reason Ooh. why is Jawan Howard's still an old-school guy. Um, and I, I, as you guys know, um, especially you, Bernsey, I've got a relationship with one of the members of the Fab Five, and I'm able to kind of – talk to him and get some ideas yeah. and some some insight. Jawan's kind of an old school mindset in a lot of ways when it comes to basketball. Now, can he connect with young kids? Absolutely. Uh, but let's face it, a lot of these kids now, they may not remember him as a player, number one, but number two, right. and more importantly, with the way the transfer portal is and NIL and all these things going on, I think for Jawan, the hard part is for him to get kids to understand the overall process of development as opposed to the overall process of just putting up numbers. And obviously when they had the most success and now I just, I had the kid's name and I just drew a blank. They had the young quarterback. I want to quarterback, the young guard. guard, I want to say livers, uh, but he was a transfer, an older guy that understood how to play and understood that, you know, with the process and, and he was the guy trying to help the young guys understand how to come along. You don't get that as much anymore because there's so many guys that bounce around and move around. You can't build with young guys learning from that older guy as well as you used to be able to over a multitude of years. And so I think that's part of what's hurting uh, the program. And I also think Jawan is he's a different dude. And I think yeah. I, I, I think he knows X's and O's, but I think and as great as it is to be able to coach at your alma mater, there's a reason why a lot of coaches start at smaller schools and then get those kinds of jobs. And a lot of it is because they need to learn how to adjust to not having certain things and then get to the point to where they have everything and know how to manage it all and know how to deal with everything and all the pieces and how to coach certain players. I don't know that Jawan really had an opportunity to have that experience because he spent so much time in the NBA for so long. Yeah, I mean, we see Patrick Ewing is not having success at Georgetown. You already brought up Penny Hardaway. It's not going well at Memphis, I think. You know, and there's a few others that have tried to, you know, like Mike Woodson at Indiana. That seems to be going pretty well. But like you said, he he had plenty of other head coaching experience before he went to Indiana. So he maybe had some chances to figure it out. I think, you know, Jared kind of said, I'm not out on Juwan my opinion is he's got to figure out the roster construction thing. I think he's got to figure out the right guys to get in. He's got to figure out how to properly, I guess, use the transfer portal because that's just today's college basketball. You got to be able to get some some transfers. I said last week, I think that's where Tom Izzo needs to adjust. Izzo's not really using the transfer portal 
much right now, and it's kind of hurting MSU's depth. I think that's the biggest thing to me with Juwan. He's got to figure out the right guys to recruit, the right guys to get in the portal, because you got to have some veterans and you've got to have obviously some talent. Speaking of recruiting, we were talking before we, we kind of started uh, recording. Michigan is big on a stud down here in Charlotte. We're both here in the Charlotte area. Jaden Davis is a five-star quarterback, plays at Providence Day down here in Charlotte. Michigan has J.J. McCarthy right now, and their plan is when J.J. McCarthy is done to go right to Jaden Davis. That's the plan. Davis has not committed yet to Michigan, so that's a little bit uh, on the edge right now. But you you said that you've had a chance to call a couple of his games in high school. So I'm just curious, you know, what you've seen. Um, you know, Michigan fans are high on him. A lot of people are high on him. Would he step in and, like, take right over for J.J. McCarthy, or what have you seen from that kid? He's the type of kid that has that kind of talent. He's the type of kid uh, that has that kind of ability in terms of being able to make every single throw you need to make, being able to understand what defenses are trying to do to him. All of those things uh, have been something that, you know, when I see him play, I go, man, this kid is unbelievable in in that regard. He's a a true born leader um, and guys around him play really, really hard and they play well, and they understand that he is their quintessential leader. I see a guy that galvanizes a locker room, galvanizes a football team, and like I said, he doesn't miss many throws. Guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of a a hint and a tip, okay? And this may not matter at all, but I think it does. There's a young man by the name of Liam Gruel who is committed to Michigan. He's, I believe he's actually signed with Michigan. Um, He is a tight end slash long snapper. Okay. All right. Classic Jim Harbaugh football player. (laughs) Uh, He's Jaden Davis's tight end in high school. Okay. Liam Gruel's going to Michigan. I'm not saying. Right. I'm just saying. It's good to get those connections. And if, and if all I'm saying is this, if Jim Harbaugh decided he's going to take Gruel because Gruel, and I don't know that they're best friends. I, they may yeah. not like each other at all. I don't know. But let's just say Gruel and Jaden Davis, that those are those guys, each best friend on the team. Right. Probably smart that he took Liam Gruel. Right. Who's going to Michigan. He'll be in Michigan at Michigan this fall. So it might be his job right. to go there and figure out, okay, what does it look like? Okay, this is the right place. Hey, Jaden, come on up here. I'm right. just saying. But Jaden Davis is Guys, he's as advertised, uh, physically talented, big arm, can make all the throws, make all the reads. And I think the the thing that because of the way recruiting works and and a lot of people view him as a pocket passer because he can make all the throws, he's athletic enough to not get himself killed in the pocket, guys. He can move a little bit as well. And when he starts moving around, he moves around to make plays down the field. And I I know someone who coached him at the, the high school he was at before that And they say this kid is the real deal, and he is super unselfish. He understands, yes, he's got to make all the throws, and he's the quarterback. But his focal point is making sure the right guy gets the ball in the right situation so that they can win football games. I think that would bode well for Michigan if they are able to get him. Whoever gets Jaden Davis is getting a true stud quarterback. It's hard for me to get excited about Michigan football right now. I'm being honest. After that TCU game, I mean, we talked about it uh, ad nauseum. It's it's embarrassing. 
looking ahead to kind of the here and now with college basketball, kind of another depressing topic. I mean, you, you're covering it, you know, daily. We've kind of been under the assumption that it seems like this year it's kind of really sort of plummeted in popularity in a sense. There doesn't seem to be, you know, the superstar players like a Holmgren, a lot of the best. I mean, Wimbanyana, Henderson aren't even playing college basketball this year. Do you think that college basketball is really suffering and do you think it's kind of heading down a, a dark path? I think people are lost. People don't know who's where. Like it takes yeah. you – it's bad enough that no one pays attention to college basketball until January, right, or February right. in some cases. Yeah, February. And then you add to the fact that once you do start paying attention, then you got to go, wait, he's – I thought he played right. at – wait, where, wait how, when the hell did he get to my – by right. the time you figure out who's where, it's tournament time. And I think that's part of the problem. I think the other problem is, right, we – and this is where I think there's danger in what in the way that they're selling college athletics and matchups. And it, it really starts in football and it bleeds into basketball, right? Because there was a lot of conversation about whether TCU should make the playoff and people wanted uh, the schools that had more, I guess, cachet in terms of TV viewership and all that. Well, when you start to push that in college basketball and then those programs are not quite as dominant anymore because – guys that were the sixth and seventh and eighth guys in their rotation are starting at Oakland or they're starting at, you know, a, a school like Tulsa or they're starting at, you know, insert Murray state, right? All of a sudden right. when that talent is much more spread out now, everybody looking for Michigan and Michigan state to be in the top five and, 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 you know, uh, you think about Florida and what they did with the two national championships back to back with Billy. When you start looking for those teams and they're not there and they're not looking dominant, it go, you, you start looking around going, what's wrong? Well, the only thing that's wrong is that the transfer portal created more parity than people thought, right. because what's happening now is your schools like your Oral Roberts, right? With Max Abesmus, right? As great as he was in the tournament last year, they're able to go get a guy from, say, Texas, and this is not necessarily true. This is just an example. Right. They're able to go get a guy who was supposed to be sort of the future of that program. Now he's at Oral Roberts, and they're able to make a run in the tournament and beat a couple of the Power Five teams, right? And the, the tournament starts looking different. The regular season starts. To, I watched the game last night. I watched the end of uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. That came and out in the chart that came out of the Charlotte office right now. That's right. And the <laughs> difference with that basketball, with those two basketball teams from what we saw in the past, right? And St. Mary's has always been kind of the 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 one team in the West Coast Conference that's given uh Gonzaga some problems. Well, now here's the difference. Gonzaga has still really good players. They don't have the better athletes anymore. Right. They just have really good players. And now all of a sudden St. Mary's has really good players and the athletes are on equal footing. It looks different because now everybody's realizing also, in addition to right, not going to the big schools, these guys are understanding. It doesn't matter where I go. If I can play, I'm going to get in a tournament and people are going to see me. Yep. And that's what's becoming part of the problem. And I think that's why when you look around and you look at, you know, a lot of programs that would bring players in and develop them. Listen, Coach K, he fought the one-and-done concept for a long time, and then he had to accept it or he wasn't going to have success. Well, that's why he got out. 
We already yeah. talked about Villanova earlier and Jay Wright about the way he wanted to run a developmental program, bring guys in their third, fourth year. They're going to be quality players. And because of that, Villanova was always really good. Here comes the transfer portal. Here comes NIL. And, and the reason I, I, I'm telling you guys right now, NIL and transfer portal are mutually exclusive. Okay. Not only did they essentially come in at the same time, but because they are there, you've got people back channeling kids, offering them NIL money to go in the portal. But then what, guess what happens, right? If I, if I know Matt is a all conference level two guard, right? I, I get somebody to back channel him and say, Hey man, if you jump in the portal, there is, you know, $50,000 a year worth of NIL money at Oakland, right? And so Matt's going, man, I'm going to jump in the portal. I'm going to get some NIL money. I'll be the main guy over there. This is perfect. Yeah. So Matt jumps in the portal the day the season ends. Well, what Matt didn't realize was Jared is a three-time all-conference guy in the Big Ten, and he's looking for a new home. He right. jumps in the portal at the same time. He plays the same position. Right. Ted, as the coach goes, well, Jared's had more success. I'm going to take Jared. Now yeah. Matt's looking for a spot. And you're hung out to dry. Right. So if you don't think this thing is mutually exclusive, man, I'm telling anybody that will listen, you're crazy. That thing is mutually exclusive. And it is a dangerous game being played. And the kids have to be smart and understand who's telling them the truth and who's lying. But I say all that to say, yes, that is what is could and may be the eventual downfall, not just of college basketball, but it's impacting college football as well. If you can't navigate that portal right, man, it gets you in a lot of trouble. But the problem is it's so hard to navigate because the kids that ultimately got a lot more power in it, they're still being pulled in these different directions by people that may not really have their best interests at heart. And I've always right. said, if you want to clean this thing up, you got to find somebody, some person, some arm, some consultants. I don't know what the answer is. Find somebody to advise these people that get nothing out of the process of advising them one way or the other. Wow. Good well, luck. I like this. It's amazing. This guy, Reggie, mixes our names in there. He's a true pro, man. <laughs> yeah. got, got one Got one final question for you, Reggie, before we let you go. And this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we have a little semi-regular segment called Tedertainment Tonight. You know, We put out there our favorite TV shows, movies, whatnot. What are you watching when you do have rare free time? What are you checking out on Netflix or HBO or whatever? What What's your go-to that you would recommend? All right, I'm going to tell our listeners. I am I am a ridiculously crazy Chicago PD fan. Like, like, <laughs> I like my man Voight, like that whole crew intelligence. Like, I don't miss that show, and I I don't know where it comes from, but like. I don't miss that show. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, another one I'll admit, I, I do watch All-American. Anything about football, I'm going to watch it, right? Yep. And that's that's yep. sort of my a guilty pleasure. Uh, Law and Order, Organized Crime. I, I wasn't a big um, – when they brought uh, the old Stabler back, I was like, man, we don't need this. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but, like, the cases and the organized crime, like, it's a different world, so it's kind of cool. So I've been watching that as well. Those are some of the main ones. And then you get me any kind of, like – you know, like there's a bunch of like barbecue kind of shows on Netflix and stuff. Like I get into like barbecue, like I'm a big dude, man. I'm Chusky. That's Chunky and Husky for everybody trying to figure that out. 
I'm chusky. <laughs> so I like to know like who's doing what on the barbecue tip. So I watch a lot of that as well. So those are, those are the main things, but like, you know, I, I I'll t- say to anybody, like somebody calls Hey man, I'm doing such. And then I'm like, at like nine 30, I'm like, Hey, listen, Hey man, it's a PD night. I gotta go. Like I, I gotta watch Chicago PD. Like I don't miss that show. Uh, I've never met him, but shout out to Leroy Hawkins. I think he does a great job as uh, Kevin Atwater on that show as well. It's a, it's a really cool show um, that I really get into. Shout out to Dick Wolf because he keeps it going. That's a, it's a good, crazy, zany crew um, that uh, I, I think it's just one of those shows that that they they grab me um, and I, and I'm sticking with it. So that's that's probably the main one right now. All right. I, I, I got to slide in real quick, Ted, just because you. Yeah, um, so, Reggie, I want to get your kind of a, a food kind of sewer, your barbecue master. Uh, what do you think of Ted's, uh, you know, Uh-oh. for the July spread from a couple years ago where he had chips and hot dogs with ketchup? That's that was the spread. What do you get out of here? <laughs> That's what it was. The only condiment ketchup. What okay. do you think of that? Uh, no, that's a failure. <laughs> Listen, I. Jared's a By failure. No means, I mean, first of all, if you're going with anything, hot dogs, <laughs> bratwurst, uh, sausage, any of that, you got to have mustard available. Yes. And depending on what else you're doing in terms of whether it's hot dogs or bratwurst, you got to have sauerkraut available. You got to have relish available. Like, yeah. Ted, what are we doing here? <laughs> I, I, I got to get on Jared's side and kind of give you, I got to poke the bear and figure out what the heck you were thinking. If the only listen, condiment Reggie, is ketchup. Don't listen to what Jared's saying, I'll tell you. <laughs> there was a, Ketchup was out there. It was a little bit of a fail, but uh, the mustard and all the other condiments came out shortly afterwards. So Okay, then you're good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, hey, I mean, Reggie, they, had to be, they had to be Kogel's hot dogs, right? Kogel yeah. hot dogs. Reggie probably doesn't even know what those are. Do you? I've heard of them. I've heard of They're them. Awesome. I have not had them. So I'm going to put that on Matt to get some shipped down here, and I'll, and I'll try them. They'd have to get shipped. Uh, and Jared, hey, man, be nice, man. Stall them out, Debo. Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, I've always he usually has a good spread. That's why it stuck out after all these years because it was so puzzling. I, I, I've never seen that something like that from Ted. I mean, by the way, that's the last on... spread he's gone to, Reggie. Not been invited <laughs> since. It's Well, I was about to say, it sounds like he's not going to get invited anymore. Now, speaking of spreads, I have to say this, and I'm going away from food. Guys, I mean, it's it's fun being on here, and, and you know I got the virtual background because my crib's a mess right now. Love uh, Ted, man, that you living a dream. That's a spread behind you there. Now <laughs> I, I see how you roll, big dog. That's my man cave, baby. You know that's the guy. That's, that looks legendary. I see the Fab Five right there over your right shoulder. Oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> this got some high school jerseys too. Got Bo yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I do I it upright. It. All right, that, well, and I have always wanted to ask the Corona Twenty One. Is that your high school basketball jersey? To tell you the truth, that is my actual jersey. Okay, cool. I actually wore that jersey in our day, Reggie. You're visiting when you wore your away uniforms; they were odd numbers, and the home yep. uniforms were even numbers. You don't even that's, see that anymore, no, right? That's kind of no, crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, know. I. I one of the, well, I, my first high school, I had a different number on the road than I did away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting as well, but, uh, yeah. the number I wanted to wear, I couldn't wear cause it was retired for, uh, for at that time, because the guy that wore it, uh, actually the, the year before I got to high school had passed away. Oh, um, man. he was still in high school when it happened. So I couldn't wear the number I would have wanted to wear, even though if he were alive, I wouldn't have been able to wear the number cause he was going to be the starter and not me anyway. So right, right. I guess I don't know what I was mad about, but, 
um, you know, it's always interesting to, to, to hear the stories of the high school jerseys. And I remember those times as well, where it was a different number. No, we've talked about it before too, where, you know, nowadays you go watch an NBA game or something. You can't even tell who the home team is because of the color schemes. Right. Used to be white at home and color, color on the road. Right. Yeah. I remember when, when uh, my, like the, the jerseys we wore in football, my senior year, you know, at our high school anyway, not every high school probably does this, but like when you get, when the varsity team gets new jerseys, those, those last ones go down to JV. Yep. And then, you know, like, and then the freshman gets the next hand me down. So like they kind of go through the years. And I remember when the jerseys that I wore, when they went down to JV, I wanted to call up the AD or, you know, the coach and be like, send me what I wore. JV doesn't need that. Give me one of them. Like, give right. me my jersey. Now that varsity's done with it, I'll, I'll take my number 81, and I'm going to put it in a frame like Ted did back there. Let me ask you guys this, and and I, it's something I've noticed, because I know when I was in high school, you had a ninth grade team, you had a JV team, and you had a varsity team. Right. It seems to me, I'm not hearing a lot about ninth grade teams anymore. Do they even exist? Not like they did in the past. I mean, it's, it, you know, a lot of schools have eliminated it and just put the freshman on the JV. I mean, yeah. I think because Reggie, in my own opinion, there's so many different sports nowadays. So the participation is down in specific sports. That's the only thing I can figure out. Right. Maybe I I think with basketball, it seems like there's still a lot of freshmen, but football, it it does seem like it's mostly JV and varsity. Yeah. I think it's the specialization of so many sports and yeah, you know, it's funny because doing some of these high school games and you talk to these coaches and you're like, how many kids do you have that play other sports? And they're like, ah, maybe two. I'm like, what? Back in our day, man, it was like everybody, like if you were a football, if you, let's let's redo this. If you were a basketball player, there was a high probability you also played football and did something else in the spring, probably ran track or baseball, baseball, right? Like, but everybody played something in the fall, the winter and the spring. Like that was just the way it was. And you just don't see that anymore. Not as much. Nope. Absolutely. Well, let's leave it there, Reggie. This has been just awesome chatting with you, getting caught up. Uh, You know, you're a man that's on the hustle, busy all over the place. Tell us the best spot that our listeners can catch up with you and stay in tune. And definitely we won't uh, wait so long to have you back for another (laughs) appearance. Well, I'll say this guys, and and this is not, I love you guys. And you can see right there uh, next to my name. Over there, over that, there. Yeah. Yep, there. Boom. <laughs> the Shutdown Corner podcast. Um, you can just go to my Twitter account and get a link there. Um, every week, we started it last fall. I had a great sponsor that rolled with me uh, through the football season. Uh, they've wrapped up, but if somebody's looking to sponsor, we're ready for that too. Um, but <laughs> podcast comes out every week, and then we air live on the radio on Saturday mornings here in Charlotte as well. So, um, Check out the Shutdown Corner podcast. You can get a link there from my Twitter account at rwalk13. I usually pin that, pin a tweet about the podcast with links uh, every every week. And it's on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts, you can find it there. So yep. uh, check us out. Find me. Um, most of the time, it's uh, me or me and a guest, but uh, always a good time. Awesome. Excellent. Well, again, thanks for the time, Reggie, and we'll catch up with you down the road, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good week. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that, too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. 
Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, where do we want to start in Potpourri of Sports? Man, I mean, it's it's weird. We're recording this on Sunday morning. There's no football. I mean, yeah, we've I talked guess. about it before. I mean, it's a weird, weird time to be alive. Uh, it's the worst Sunday of the year, arguably. Um, it's just weird. Where is your life at, Ted, without, without football? I know. It's it's probably going to be a Netflix uh, movie or two today, especially since I am, you know, battling this cold. But uh, – uh, I don't know. Even if it was the regular Pro Bowl, it's still not really football, right? And, you know, we're talking about the the Sunday before the Super Bowl, and they have the so-called Pro Bowl with flag football. Yesterday, I did watch some of the – some of the games they played, like Longest Drive and Dodgeball, and I must say I wasn't too impressed. I mean, it it maybe is geared more to your age group, but I – some of it was okay, I guess, but the announcers weren't really drawing me in. It just, yeah. it just didn't do it for me. And it, it was weird because, you know, they're having all these things at uh, Las Vegas where the Pro Bowl's taking place. Right. It didn't seem like there was that many fans. I would have thought they might have had it in the, uh, in the stadium, you know, and have a lot more people there watching the activities. But it looked like it was in a little small type of gym, you know. Yeah, weird. from what I've heard, the players, ever since it's moved away from Hawaii, they hate it. I mean, they used to go to Hawaii, have a whole resort yeah. to themselves with their families, you know, no outside fans or people. Great reward. Used to be awesome. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and I do, I think it's fun, the things they do. The longest drive had some potential to be fun. Yeah. It wasn't quite pulled off right. I don't know. I don't know what you fix with it. Dodgeball, I watched the dodgeball portion, you know, just the YouTube, uh, like 10 minute clip. One thing I noticed on that is, is there's just the one camera angle that's wide. You know, right. I remember in years past where they had the different cutting angles, you know, on each kind of baseline of the dodgeball court, you could see some of the tight reactions and faces and that sort of thing. Uh, but no, it's everyone complains about the All-Star weekend, no matter the sport, other than baseball, it seems like. Uh, you know, people are hating on the NHL All-Star weekend this weekend. Uh, people yeah. will definitely be hating on the NBA All-Star weekend in a couple weeks. So I, I think it's just one of those things. It's a hot topic that people love to complain about every year when it rolls around. Yeah, well, I agree with that. The All-Star game in baseball seems to be the only All-Star game that is really worth anything. You know, they're playing full out for the most part, and it, it's it's a lot of fun coming in the midsummer. you know. Um, but I don't know. Pro Bowl thing, what do you think, Matt? I know it's an ESPN production. What have, what have been the reviews? Uh, probably everything you guys said. I mean, I think overall people don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they would just go to – just I, th- I think jared you were talking about like the trip it's probably was cool to, yeah. to go to honolulu on the nfl's dime it's almost like pick pick the pro bowl teams and then just do like a skills competition yeah like you know that's kind of fun the old clips of like jim harbaugh winning the qb competition and stuff like that that's kind of cool but don't even try to do a flag football game right. don't even try and have an actual game like don't even try and act like you're gonna do that if you want to have it in Vegas, okay. But, you know, have, have the players a little trip, 
do a little skills competition, call it good. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that, that's right. You know, look look at Major League Baseball when they do the home run derby. I mean, they fill the stands for that event, you yeah. know? I mean, it's 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 a cool thing. They The NFL's got to figure out how they can do it at a stadium with a lot of fans and the skill competition with the quarterbacks. I thought that was pretty good, actually. That was about yeah. the only thing I liked about the whole thing. Yeah, if you like football, you know, if you like the NFL, if you, you know, that is kind of a fun thing to watch. I'm not, it's not like appointment television. I'm not going to like. No make sure I'm there to watch it. But, you know, like if it's on, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it and, you know, see some of these quarterbacks. The one thing, though, too, is I wish they would do it like the weekend after the Super Bowl. I know they're trying to fill this weekend right. between, but that right. way, like Mahomes can be there. Or that yeah. way, you know, if, if Joe Burrow's in there, you know, Joe Burrow can be there. You know, the best players, you know, kind of like Tyler Huntley making the Pro Bowl is kind of yeah. like, what are we doing here? But. Yeah, it's it's just I think it also it's just it's the way football is. It's you know all these other sports in the middle of the season. I mean, baseball, all the best players play. They all play their hardest because the sport doesn't require you to smash heads with somebody for sixty minutes. So I, right. I just think it's the way the sport of football is. And there's nothing as awesome as hitting a home run. I mean, right. there, there's no equal. I mean, it's like the dunk contest in the NBA. I would put that up there, maybe not quite the same level as a home run derby, but I just don't know what that could be in football. Yeah. Well, they're going to try it out, but, uh, you know, nobody's too excited about it for sure. We are a little excited. We'll wrap this up with a little uh, basketball talk, guys. Uh, college and NBA maybe a little bit. Let's just – I'll throw this topic out there. What What do you guys think about the whole Kyrie Irving? You think he's going to go play with LeBron? Is, is that going to be a difference maker? What's What's going on with that whole situation? I mean, I, I think if they figured out a way to get him to the Lakers, I think it would be a difference maker because uh-huh. – I mean, you see the way that he's playing right now when he's actually in on playing because he obviously has a lot of other distractions going on. He's one of the best players in the league. So, yeah, you put him on the Lakers. Even the Clippers have talked about getting him. You put him on one of those teams and they're an immediate, you know, contender. It's just the drama part. I'm all for, you know, uh, player empowerment or whatever you want to say. Like these guys, the owners are making so much money. The players are the ones, you know, that should be having a say in where they play and how much money they're making and stuff like that. I'm, I'm all for that. But like the way that some guys go about it, like Kyrie, you're in the middle of the season, right? You committed to Kevin Durant, you committed to the nets. Like, how are you demanding a trade all of a sudden? Like the nets, when, when Kevin Durant comes back, the nets are one of the better teams in the East. So it's like, why are you, why are you bailing on the nets right now? I don't get it. You know, he wants, yeah. he wants the extension $200 million for four years. And it's like, that's just the going rate for a star in the NBA. But this dude, you don't even know if he's going to show up to play. So it's like, what team is going to give him that money? So I don't know. It, it sucks because he is fun to watch when when he's healthy and playing. But what what team is going to you know want that drama? I don't know. The yeah, NBA, it's, it's starting to heat up, though. It, the all-star it break is. is when the NBA really starts getting good. It's a weird predicament. I mean... He's playing so well right now that it's like, oh, no, no, no brainer. Give him this extension. But then obviously we know, you know, his history and he's, you never know when he's going to say I'm done. Right. Uh, that type of thing. I don't blame him for, you know, being upset. I mean, he's given everything this year. He's shown you that he deserves, you know, kind of a max extension from the Nets. And from what I, what I heard, they wanted these kind of crazy sort of incentive based deal, you know, right. winning championship and all that. And he kind of viewed it as a slap in the face. I don't know if it's as much as he wants a trade as much as he just wants some leverage to force right. them to, extend them i mean mm-hmm. the nets have been i mean nick claxton has come out of nowhere he's a stud now i mean kevin durant obviously Kyrie. i mean they are a legit threat to win win the win it all this year so 
it's 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 a shame because I think we all kind of want to see what they can do when all the oars are rowing in in one direction. Yeah. It just seems like every other day there's something new that's kind of derailing them. Also, our our uh, Big Ten teams, Michigan picked up a win over Northwestern. They needed that win if they have any hopes whatsoever yeah. uh, of moving on into the tournament. They have Ohio State today as we're recording this on Sunday. Michigan State lost to a pretty good Rutgers team at Madison Square Garden. It was cool to see that atmosphere, yeah. man. The fans were just going nuts in that in that stadium. It was well, awesome. It's, it's a cool it's game. Awesome. I mean, the big we, we we've talked about the last couple of weeks. The Big Ten, I mean, Purdue lost to Indiana yesterday. So, you know, I, I was thinking about right. last week, Ted, you posed the question of like, do we trust Purdue basically? Exactly. And I wanted to say that's exactly why we don't trust Purdue. Yeah, Indiana is a solid team, so it wasn't like a bad loss, but that's exactly why I don't trust Purdue. Could yeah. they make a run to the Final Four? Sure, because you've got a dude in Zach Eady who could take over any game. I mean, he had a hell of a game yesterday, and they still lost. So. Yeah. I mean, that's just college basketball. I mean, who are you really trusting this year? I mean, Purdue was number one and they lost, uh, you know, Duke and UNC are down this year. So you're not really picking one of those guys. So some of the other Michigan state, what are they going to be when it gets to the tournament? So yeah, it's a weird year for sure. Sure is. If I, I, man, I, I think we're lucky in a sense. If I was a Michigan state fan, I'd be so frustrated with, with them this year. It seems yeah. like they have talent. They have players. I mean, they have they have guys that have been there for years, Hauser, uh, and it just seems like I don't know if it's leadership, I don't know if it's if it's a little bit of a lack of talent, but they just haven't been able to really put it all together. But how awesome would it be? And I think what it would require would be a two year deal between Michigan and Michigan State, so that one team didn't lose a home game. But I mean, let's get one of these Michigan Michigan State games at LCA or something. I mean, it yeah. would probably be pretty close to filling that place up. Uh, and you and Ted, you were right. That was my exact reaction watching that. What an awesome atmosphere that was. Sure, you was. would expect with it being an MSG, you know, maybe Rutgers wouldn't travel that well. But I mean, it was loud and it was quite an environment. It, it really I almost was. I almost don't see why they don't do that. I mean, obviously you want to have yeah, like you said, Jared, you don't want to lose a home game at Breslin or at Chrysler, but. Yeah, do some sort of like every other year. Every other I year. don't know. Figure something out. Like it would be cool to have it at LCA. Fill that place up. Agreed. One final thing I have, fellas, is uh, uh, you know I'm I am fighting through this cold. So yesterday was entertainment on the TV. I watched a little bit of the uh, Pro Bowl stuff, but checked out a movie on Netflix called You People. Have you heard of that one? Oh, Eddie Murphy, yeah. Jonah Hill. Um, not that impressed with it. I mean, oh, it was really? okay. It was it was okay, but I would maybe give it uh, two out of three on the uh, three point I mean, scale. I, I mean, mean, first half hour was pretty good. Okay, I liked that, but then I thought it kind of went downhill a little bit too much. Hallmark type of movie from that point on. You know, hmm. it it was okay. You know, if you're a Jonah Hill or Eddie Murphy fan, it's worth watching if you have Netflix. But wasn't that impressed with it? You know, it, it seemed like as I was watching it, it's like when we've seen Jonah Hill interact with like Ice Cube uh, in, you know, 21 and 22 Jump Street, it seemed like Ice Cube was probably the better role than Eddie Murphy. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy. He kind of had some funny moments. Yeah. I mean, with a movie like that free on Netflix, you just hope you get a few laughs out of it. And, yeah. and I did. So I yeah. can't I can't bash it too much. Fair enough. But do you do you kind of agree with my assessment on it? Kind of like a Hallmark type of movie? Yeah, I mean the plot was a little bit flawed for sure, but I mean it's it's a rom com. What what do you, what do you expect, man? I mean it's, it's not going to be true. Shawshank Redemption. Right? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I, I was kind of excited to watch it with Jonah Hill and you know Eddie Murphy. I was like, oh, this could be really funny. So that kind of makes me like, I don't I don't know. You'll like it. <laughs> it's yeah. what you will expect. I, I don't. Right. I think Ted's underselling it a little bit. I mean, maybe it's not. Yeah, it's not the best comedy of the year, but it's worth a watch. You'll enjoy it. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it. Yeah, give it a watch. You're, if you have Netflix, <laughs> go ahead, give it a watch. Yeah. Just don't expect too much. Right. Yeah. All right, fellas. Do we have anything else? This has been a been a couple long Super podcast. Bowl picks, right? I mean, we we got to make oh, yeah. a couple Super Bowl picks, right? So okay. uh, I'm with you. I don't want the Chiefs to win. <laughs> Just I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm almost. I know it's crazy to say, but like I, I'm almost getting like. Patrick Mahomes burnout type of thing going on. I'm just like people already putting him above Tom Brady and Joe Montana and saying he's the goat and stuff. And I'm just like, we got to pump the brakes on that. The dude's incredible. Obviously I'm pulling for the Eagles. I I, I think it's a cool story with Jalen hurts. You know, I, I liked watching him in college. So um, the, the classic, I just hope it's a good game because I have really no horse in the race. So I don't really care who wins. I just am pulling more for the Eagles because I'm, I've got a little Chiefs fatigue, I guess, but right. that's where I'm going. I, and I think they, I think they may. I think the Eagles might be like a bad matchup for the Chiefs, unless Mahomes has just this crazy game. So I'm, I'm pulling for the Eagles, and I do think they're going to win the game. The nice I am game. excited though. I'm excited for the national anthem. Chris Stapleton is singing the national anthem, Ooh. and I got to be honest, I'm, I'm actually like excited to watch it. And the halftime show, I like Rihanna. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. In the Super Bowl, like like we talked about last week, they finally have nailed the halftime acts. It seems like year after year. I, I'm excited. I mean, it, it we should got, be because we got game. rid of the Rolling Stones and stuff yeah. like that. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love Tom Petty, but I mean about 15 years too late for that Super Bowl performance. Um, <laughs> so I just – it should be a great game. I mean, the Eagles, like you said, they're just kind of loaded. I mean, Reggie laid it out. I mean, they have so many different pass rushers. I mean, Nama Kingsu's like a third stringer on their team. It's crazy. Um, but I'm a Mahomes fan. I love Kelsey. I love Mahomes. I expect a big game from Travis Kelsey. Uh, and, and I love dynasties. So I'm rooting for the Chiefs to, to win this one because Patrick Mahomes really is that good. Uh, and with Tom Brady retire, retiring, I'm already looking for the next Tom Brady. So I think he's the closest we might ever get. Yeah, I'll make it short and sweet. I'm pulling for the Eagles, but I don't see any way they're beating the Chiefs. Mahomes is oh. going to be healthy, you know, two weeks to rest that ankle. I mean, he's just good. They have a good team. Andy Reid's a great coach. Uh, would it shock me if the Eagles won? Of course not. But uh, I think it's going to be Kansas City. And, you know, Mahomes is going to continue to grow that legacy. Will he be Tom Brady? I don't know. Time remains to be seen there. But, yeah. uh, you know, again, Brady had a hell of a career, didn't he? I mean, he caught yeah. going out on his own now. He did make it to the playoffs, even though they're eight and nine. But it'll be interesting to see what the next step is, if he's truly going to slide into that broadcast booth and that number one analyst role next year. I guess we'll see. I know the Super Bowl is on uh, Fox, right? So yeah, I've, heard, awesome. I've heard tell he may be joining them in some shape or form for the broadcast. That's a lot of money on the table that Fox is going to give him. So sure I mean, he, he's not hurting for money, obviously, but that that's that's a lot of money. I will be curious, like, how he'll actually be. I, I mean, yeah. Ted, you know better than anyone. We all do. But, like, that's not, like, an easy job to just not slide into. Like, he, no. he's obviously gregorious. He can talk. You know, he's he's a, you know, he's done interviews his whole life and with the press. But, like, to just step right in and be, and be good. That's why Tony Romo, Tony Romo's getting a lot of hate, but when he stepped into the booth and was just like naturally good, it was yep. kind of like, Oh wow, this is kind of crazy. So I'll be curious. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I think he'll be good. Uh, you just hope he's not a little not too buttoned up, you know, uh, right, like I right. worry like LeBron would be if he ever did like step into the announcer booth or something like that. So no, I think he'll be good. Like we said, I mean, I'm just excited to see Greg Olson call a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. if at the end of the day, he deserves Tom it. Brady does take his spot and he moves to number two, I don't think he'll be at number two for long. He'll go to a different network if that's the case. But he's he's maybe my favorite announcer going right now. So I'm excited yeah. to hear him. Amen, fellas. Well, I think we made it through another three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center and Skymint Cannabis. Speaking of Skymint Cannabis, 
farm to stash grown right here in Michigan. Beautiful new grow and processing facility at the former Summit Building in Diamonddale. Over 15 locations through the state of Michigan. Check out the SkyMint Reserve. That's the good stuff. And if you're over 21, go online at skymint.com, check out the latest deals and sign up for their rewards program. Also, new customers, the coupon code still good, 3.20 at the Corona store for 20% off SkyMint products. SkyMint there in Corona, right across the street from Meyer. Also want to thank Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. It's much more than a gym. They've got that health challenge coming up that I'm looking forward to. It's a February 15th, April 19th, an eight-week challenge. We've talked about it before. Four weeks seems like a doable one, but eight weeks, you know, you might really see some progress, you know, lose some weight, get ready for the summer season, get ready for spring break. That's what everybody's motivation is. And, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. Eight weeks, join the wellness center, maybe get a gift card for your sweetie for uh, Valentine's Day. Just, I can't say enough about Memorial's uh, wellness center. It's great people there that work there and, you know, I'm getting to know some of the people that participate, you know, lifting weights and going on the SkyTrack. It's just a great addition to our community. Also want to thank our other partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Really want to send a special thanks out to our guest, Reggie Walker, who joined us. You can follow him at rwalk13. Make sure you follow us on social media at Free Point Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Z92.5 Game of the Week, coming up Friday, February 10th, Ovid Elsie at Duran. And if you're in the area, Tuesday night, big game at Corona. Corona taking on Goodrich, first place on the line in the Flint Metro League. So get on out to a gym, you know, get away from these winter blahs and enjoy some high school basketball. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.